so this is pretty exciting, but you know, one of the things that we were we were just talking about before we started the show is uh, you know, we don't we don't have any analytics on this show. I mean, we we could, like I know where to go get them, right? Like I know what I need to do to look at the analytics for the show, and I've never done it. Um, and the reason I've never done it is because, and Vernon and I talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. you know, the, the process, the whole process mentality is, for us right now, is all about staying motivated, learning from each other, using the books as a tool to, to, um, to continue to improve as, as people and as entrepreneurs and then, you know, and, and as thinkers and as all that sort of stuff. Um, and so we don't look at the show, the show's analytics and find out like who's listening and where are they from and all that stuff. Um, so it's exciting for me personally. I know it's exciting for Vernon, um, too, to have a friend of the show on the show. Um, and it's, it's our very first guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's Michael Cunningham, who's a husband, a father, an entrepreneur in Philadelphia, um, and he's a purpose-driven driven guy. He runs Kingdom Keepers Outreach Ministries, um, where he's a, a founder and executive director. Um, along with that, uh, you know, he, he's trying to figure out the entrepreneurship journey right alongside with Vernon and I, um, you know, and, and everybody else who's listening to the show and kind of like learning the lessons as we go and trying to share that uh, share that journey um and it's exciting to have him on so so michael welcome to welcome to the show yeah and don't forget he he's also as he's doing his entrepreneur thing he's also uh started his delivery service with uh top shelf uh enterprises as well is, is another thing that mike's working on also welcome yeah. michael. welcome welcome devin and Vernon, man thank you for having me um it's it's, it's an honor to be here today so, Michael, one of the things that I'd like to hear um, about for sure is like, you know, Vernon and I were, you know, friends texting back and forth prior to uh, starting this show and kind of what we like colloquial, colloquially <laughs> call uh, processing, right, where we, where we started working together, you know, to drive ourselves towards this, this goal. So prior to you, you know, starting... Uh, either Kingdom Keepers or um, Top Shelf. Um, what what were you doing before you began that process? So start, starting off with Kingdom Keepers, um, it, the crazy part about it is I was in the midst of trying to build Top Shelf Enterprises um, or maybe even fighting against it at the time. I was a husband, a father, and I was able to like earn money in the gig economy as a personal shopper with Instacart. And from that opportunity, I was able to be like a full service mentor. So when new shoppers in the Philadelphia area and parts of New Jersey would sign on to the Instacart platform, I was the guy they were meeting in person, pretty much showing them how to use the app and, you know, making an emphasis on customer service and how that could help their earning potential. And then I started like a little Instacart community. Um, You you have the processes, you know, black and white. And I had a community called the the Top Shelf Club where I wanted people in the gig economy to be able to come along and 
get motivation and inspiration and also, you know, essentially get get tools. So those were all the things that I was doing, but it, it just wasn't enough. You know, Dev, like, I'm pretty sure like, you know, you could do all these other things, but it's just not enough. And after losing my grandpa in 2017, I wanted to do something more than just be an entrepreneur. I wanted to give back to the community and a community that I was familiar with from the age of 19, because at my church, we had an outreach ministry, but um, I hadn't been a part of a church that had had, had an outreach, right, outreach ministry probably in about 10 to 14 years. So I was like, you know what? I said to my wife, this would be a good opportunity for us to start our own. So we just pretty much started out with our first project um, in 2017. We raised about $1,500, $1,600. We were able to get like, you know, all the fixings that you would want to have for a holiday, you know, turkey, mac and cheese, yams, um, rice, all those kinds of fixings, but also give like hats, gloves, and socks might have been like the things we were given the first year and maybe soap. And um, so that's exactly what I was doing. I was just kind of like, you know, kind of living the rat race of life of just trying to be the best husband and father and provider that I could be. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. And, and so then you, so then you, uh, started kind of diving, I guess, more into, into Kingdom Keepers and, and doing that whole pro process. Um, and, and then, so when did you start, uh, when did you kind of do the classic like entrepreneur pivot from, you know, having top shelf be a thing that was like sort of a layer on top of Instacart to trying to think about how you could make that into something your own? So working in the gig economy you go through a lot of like and I don't, i'm pretty sure you've seen it like in the media over time you know wage structures changing and things of that nature mm -hmm. and i just got frustrated with you know getting comfortable with a wage structure and then it changing every when i first started working with instacart it was like every year you know that's okay <clears throat> but when you start experiencing wage structure changes twice in a year and you start looking for other opportunities and right. i came across this guy named um joe shapiro who is one of the founders of um an organization called dumpling so um i said you know what i'm going to give this a try and i remember giving it a try and using my social media um as an opportunity to advertise like look i just started you know, now you can pick your, you know, pick your shopper and I could shop at more stores than I could, you know, with Instacart and, you know, all of those different things. And, you know, first I had like my godmom, she was one of my first customers at that time. I was working with a company called Ritual as well um, in Center City and my manager at that time, he was one of my customers and I've shopped for my cousin, Akeem, and I also came across uh, through dumpling I came across uh, um, a customer that lives not too far from me and she orders every other week so it just was like one of those things like you know you kind of get introduced to something and then it's like okay I'm thinking I'm hitting a plateau here and then I'm like you know just like organically I felt like I was getting pushed into um, 
into entrepreneurial shit. You know, um, mm-hmm. just like having, you know, that having that feeling of being insecure. It was like the same thing I had with with um, our nonprofit. You know, we weren't a nonprofit in 2000, 2017. We weren't a nonprofit in 2018. It wasn't until 2019 where I realized, you know what? This thing is, you know, beginning to get big um, or bigger than, you know, just a project. It has a lot of potential. And um, I believe it's time for me to, you know, start the paperwork process as far as the nonprofit is concerned. So, you know, that happened just last year and we're doing very well, Devin, by the way. Um, definitely exceeding my expectations for a nonprofit that's only been in existence for a year. So, Michael, take us back because for like for our audience, a big thing for us is like, just just getting in getting involved you know getting off the sidelines and um you know starting to do acts putting your action in the play you know what i mean so for you like what was that moment and and what did that look like when it came to whether it be you know your your mission um your business just like how did that look take us to the very beginning you know talking to your wife how did that look um you know the very beginning it was like this i i I think I, and I have a, a crazy way of thinking, right? And Vernon and I have talked about this a couple of times. It's like when you lose loved ones in your life, you think you have forever to do things, right? And one of the, my favorite quotes is you got to do things, um, you know, you got to take advantage of the opportunity in the lifetime of the opportunity. And I felt like opportunity was in 2017 for us to do this. You know, um, life had, you know, quieted down at the moment. So the first person you always talk to when you want to start a business, when you want to start a nonprofit organization, is just is your wife. And um, and she was on board. Um, my wife had her own journey um, that I, you know, I've learned about over the years. And it's funny because um, this organization has allowed us allow me in the world to hear more about her journey and her experience of like when she had to go through the, the shelter system as a child. And um, she uses that um, as her as her driving, what drives her as far as her contributions, um, you know, to the organization. And then I just started talking to other stakeholders like my Aunt Keisha is one of those stakeholders. My grandma was, uh, um, she passed away like in 2013. She was a, she was one of the people that growing up that she was always giving back, you know, she was give, you know, send a platter to the, the lady that's on the sick and shut in list at her church that lives like around a corner or somebody sick and shut in across the street. Or, you know, I just made this cake, you know, it's the holiday. I want them to have a chocolate cake and, you know, grandson, take it across the street. So that was, you know, those were the pivotal moments of where I just felt like it, this was the now or never moment for me. Like I, I felt like I had to push that go button in 2017. That was that was that window of opportunity. I'm not saying I probably wouldn't have did it at 2018 or 19, but you sometimes you just have that feeling of desperation that you just gotta you just gotta go. Yeah, here you go. Did so when you first started, did that first thing that you did when you pressed that go button, did it look like you what you thought it would look like, or 
you know, how, how did it look like in the beginning for you? Like, did it, you know, did it meet your expectations early on? Or did you even have any? I think that, um, I think that year, right, that I was so convicted in what I wanted to do mm -hmm. that I was willing to go, like, I didn't care if I had to swipe a credit card for it, if that makes any sense. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, we swipe our credit cards for things that, you know, possessional things, materialistical things that, you know, that we want. But, like, when we're talking about this process, like, why don't we kind of, like, you know, invest in that with the same conviction, you know, like, or not conviction. But I will say that the community's response into what I wanted to do, it exceeded my expectations. Um, And just like we're in year four, and what has happened this year has exceeded my expectations, you know, and, um, you know, in a pandemic, um, last year exceeded my expectations. So through this whole process, I believe that my expectations have always been exceeded. I'll say year two was probably my hardest year because the one thing I want people to understand about the process is just because you decide that you're going to come off the sidelines, and you can have, you know, like I, I had a, a great year one, a great year three, a great year. I'm having a great year four. It doesn't mean that you might not have, you might not have a little bit of suffering. You know what I mean? A little bit pain in the process. And I don't want to paint this picture of like it was just all roses, you know, because it wasn't. You know, year two, don't you know, preparing for that project was rough. Um, I barely made it through, but we were able to increase the number of people that we helped from year one. So that was, you know what I mean? There's going to always be pros. There's going to be cons. But I just try to focus on the pros. You know, it's funny. One of the things that, you know, Vernon and I kind of like always talk about is that for us, you know, step one of this process was like, let's start a podcast like, mm -hmm, <laughs> like really mm -hmm, that, that was yeah. it. like it was let's start this show and hold each other accountable and it sounds like for you having this mission this kind of like overarching mission meant that it was just the thing to do and you were just like I i'm gonna take this next step forward and it sort of naturally went and um so you didn't necessarily know like when you were doing step one that you were going to end up four years into this with a, you know, a bigger, um, larger contribution to the, to the community. Uh, that was, that was sort of not in the plan, but how it ended up is what I'm hearing at least. Um, so then the next thing I want to know, and Mike, you're on mute. I don't know if you see how you got on mute. Uh, is, is how, how'd you get the information that you needed? Um, you know, Part of the goal of the show, of course, is we, you know, we read the book and then we talk about like what we're learning um, and how it can relate to, to us getting better at this whole thing. So so how'd you get that that information? Like, did you just go for it? Did, you know, was there a, a, a resource that you reached for? What, what was that like? All right. So 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 the first thing, right, is that. You know, we we know we had the decision, right? So. After you decide, you probably have to have a plan. That's what most people would have to do. Even if it's not, you know, 
always A to Z. You need some A, B, C, right? So mm-hmm. I have a mentor. Her name is um, Wanda Williams. She was her. She was our leader of our um, outreach ministry at our church um, at the age of 19, probably up until, I don't know, I probably was like in my early 20s. So, um, you know, that, that same year I lost my grandpa, she lost her mom, right? And I said, I said to her that I'm going to, I want to, you know, draw from your legacy and start my own. So I was able to, I knew what I needed, right? I knew I needed volunteer cooks. So I was able, like, it's crazy. Like, and this is one of the things about the process. Like, it's so great. And Vernon sees it as well. And Dev, you see it as well. So once you decide and you start talking about it, the resources just kind of come to you. Not even if you don't ask for them. You know, Mm -hmm. I had people just raise their hand. Like, if you need somebody to cook, I'll cook. So, you know, how was I, basically, how was I able to do what I do? It was just like a a whole lot of, it just like my decision just activated a lot of other people to come off the sideline as well. Right. Or if they weren't on the sideline, they were like, you know, they might do what they do wherever else, but they wanted to join me too. So that made the process a whole lot easier that I wasn't by myself. I didn't have to walk the path alone. There were a lot of people in my network that just, that, and still to this day, have just come along and just said, I wanted to help. You know, I believe in you. I believe in what you want to do. I think it's a very great asset to, um, you know, the unsheltered population. And um, they just wanted to be a part, Deb. So, you know, I was able to, from an information standpoint, I was able to, you know, take the resources out of, you know, out of my community. Now, one of the things that I needed me personally is I needed energy, right? The energy sure. to be able to, you know, be, what would you call it? To be a novice, to be a beginner and not really know much, but to kind of continue to go through the process. Mm-hmm. So I got that energy from um, Dr. Eric Thomas. I, you know, um, he's called E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. And um, so when I was in, it's so funny, like I was in network marketing. Um, I was with an opportunity at that time. And my upline, she was really big on, her name is, is Nina Moore. And she's really big on personal development. Um, and she believes that, um, it's a very much the fuel of being successful in network marketing or multi-level marketing. So she, you know, we're at her house. She introduced me to Bob Proctor for the first time and um, Eric Thomas. And literally from that day, and I want to say that was in 2017 as well, Dev, I have just been able to perform at a high level no matter what I do whether it's Instacart whether it's you know building top shelf enterprises whether it's you know building Kingdom Keepers outreach you know I'm able to draw information from him and you know people like Grant Cardone or John C. Maxwell or Les Brown because my personality and who I am in any type of anything as I'm the energy 
So in, in, for, in, in order for me to give energy, I have to receive, you know, I have to receive, I have to be plugged into a positive source. So those are my positive sources that I use to basically and help me in the process. Mm. Right. So, Michael, this is uh, this is like your Super Bowl week here um, <laughs> coming up. Right. So, um, you know, tell, tell us what that looks like and, and also explain to the audience. You know why is it just Super Bowl week? So it's 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 easy, Vern. This is this is like all year. You know, like just you know, I listen to the show, but using sports terms, this is the day that everybody goes to training camp for. You know, um, you know, if we're going to make an NFL term, is this is why we practice. This is why you try to win every game in a regular season and in the playoffs is to, you know, to hope that you can play in the Super Bowl. And the team and I have done everything that was necessary in order for us to be able to go out here uh, on Christmas Day and to do this, to, to do this event. It's the it's the biggest event on our calendar as of now. And, you know, I want to speak into existence that. We'll have, you know, another Super Bowl event that we can add in 2021 or 2022. Um, and essentially, like, you know, just giving y'all, like, how do we how do we get to the Super Bowl, right? Because people should want to know, right? Yeah. yeah so please. six months ago, I started the, the planning process of what I wanted this event to look like, right? I know I wanted to give out 300 pairs. Well, at that time, I wanted to do 250 pairs of sneakers. Now, along the process, um, Dev, here in Philly, we had this large encampment site at 22nd and Benjamin Franklin Parkway. And there was like another one outside of like the PHA head headquarters because there were people in the unsheltered population. They were protesting for permanent housing. So at that time, you know, we are we're doing the same thing that you and Vern do. Your meet y'all meet every week at nine o'clock every Tuesday. So my team and I get together there every sat every fourth Saturday at four o'clock for one hour. And we try to knock out as many of um different subjects if, as regards to the project. So that's the reason why the process I would say training camp started in 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 June or July. And then every month we're doing what is our homework for the next month? Then the next month, what is our homework for the next month? So then essentially once you put the plan together, once you count the cost of what every individual thing is going to cost, because that's very important in the plan because that's like building your budget. So you right. have to know how much does turkey cost, how much your rice is going to cost, how much all your food items and beverages are going to cost. And you're also going to have to know how much all your clothing items are going to cost. And then you're going to have to also multiply that times, let's say, 250 people or 300 people, right? Once you have the system, it doesn't matter how many people you're going to serve because you have the system. So once I knew, I think at that point that... um to do this uh, program for 250 people, it was going to take maybe like somewhere between like 10 to $12,000. So when we went to go add on an additional 50 people, all we had to do was 
you know, times it by 50 more people. So my team and I began the fundraising process in, in August. So this is one of the things that, like, for a person that wants to build a nonprofit, one of the things that's going to be very important for you is to build a, um, a grant calendar, right? And that's because you need to know when the um, grantors, the grant, the great deadline is for the grantors that are, um, let's just say that would be able to serve that their mission and your mission are aligned. You right. don't want to just go out here and just be sending out grant um, applications or letters just to any and old body because what they're going to do is they're going to respond to you and just say, look, your mission does not line up with the things and that we line up. And unfortunately, you're going to get a denial letter. Um, that's just part of the process and things that happen, you know, to us along the way of preparing for this year. So um, the one thing that Deb just like breaking it down mathematically is. It takes $50, right, for us to provide everything to just one person. So that was our marketing strategy for this year. That's a, a very good nugget for anybody that's having a business. It's like, you know, what's your marketing strategy? Um, you know, who's going to do your marketing? Um, if you don't know uh, a good resource for marketing and it's affordable, Fiverr is a good um opportunity that I use a lot to do our marketing and I just kind of you know try to navigate and find one of the independent contractors um, that you know could service our needs so the other thing that we did along the way that could help a person that has a business or a nonprofit is that we established a newsletter which we just dropped the second edition of our newsletter yesterday um, which is on our website at Kingdom Keepers Outreach um, dot org slash the keepers chronicles um, then you know essentially we have a team of 10 people and we're just tapping into our networks over the next three or four months trying to expose the project to as many people as possible and my job as far as being the energy is encouraging everybody uh, along the way don't be afraid of the um of the no's right because they might say no today but guess what next year they might say yes our job is not just to you know it's not about acquiring uh new funders but our our mission is every year to expose our organization and our program to as many people as possible and let them and listen the results as Vern I've heard Vern say this a lot of times on a podcast, you let them take care of themselves. You just really, really just stay along the process. So um, in November, I started ordering sneakers from walmart.com. You know, so I had these large three by, I mean, 36 by 25 by 18 um, come to the house. So then there's sneakers. Then you go to the wholesale place, you get all the hats, the gloves, the scarf. That's like a one-stop shop. And then there's like a whole lot of other things that you have to kind of like do in between, making sure you have enough tables, you know, the layout for the event. You know, um, this year is COVID. So you want to make sure you have masks, masks for the attendees, masks for the volunteers. Um, we had this uh, organization uh, donate us some suits um, that is going to be protective. So people won't have to take, you know, COVID back home with them. You know, they put their suits on. 
and they could dispose of them at the site. So Deb, a lot of things are just, you know, coming together. And this week, you know, has already started. My aunt, she makes the yams. I had to drop those ingredients off to her yesterday. Tomorrow, I have another volunteer cook that's going to be cooking a lot of things, um, like the turkey, macaroni and cheese and stuff. And I had to drop the things off to her. I got another person making stream beans. And then, you know, I have a couple other things that I have to do as far as packaging some undergarments. And then the real, real party begins on Christmas Eve around 3.30, 4 o'clock when I get the U-Haul truck and um, I'll start loading up things from my living room and the things from my garage. And then all lo all roads will lead to uh, 1800 West Benjamin Franklin Parkway uh, here in Philadelphia uh, on Christmas Day. I'll be checking in around 9 a.m. to set up the tables to get the hot water ready and uh, things of that nature. Um, and then I also going to start the registration process um, as well. And then our volunteers will start checking in about 10 o'clock. And then, you know, essentially a lot of these individuals in the unsheltered population are already on a parkway and um, know to come to the parkway because we've been there for four years. And then this week, my wife and I, I'll be spending time just passing out flyers to make sure that you know, people remember that we'll be out there because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to assume that they know we'll be out there, especially with COVID um, going on. This year. Right, yeah, because I guess unfortunately there's, there's going to be a, a lot more people in that population this year than there were last year. So there might be some people who really need need the outreach that you guys are offering. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able, you'll be able to, to deliver to those people, so... That's pretty fantastic that you're out there, you know, be, being able to really help help the community. So I think it's great, man. Yeah. Um, I got some I got some links covered down, so I'll make sure to get them in the show notes. But uh, for anybody who's listening and and thinks, you know, hey, next year I need to make sure that I'm donating uh, to Canaan Keepers, you can I'll make sure to include the uh, link in the show notes so that that way um, you can provide some shoes and warm clothes. Uh, to some of the people who, who, who need some help in the Philadelphia area. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, because there's going to be a few yeah. of those next year, too, you know? That's part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Hey, thanks for coming on, uh, Michael. Um, it was it was really good talking to you and hearing about your organization, man. And we definitely wish you the best of luck. But go ahead and give everybody uh, all, all your, you, you know, know, where they can find you on all, all your, your platforms, platforms, man. Um, You can find me... Um, on Facebook, Michael Cunningham Jr. I'm also on um, Instagram as well. You can find me at, um, at Kingdom Keepers Outreach is our um, IG handle. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Clubhouse. You know, uh, Vern and uh, Dev, I don't know if you guys joined yet. I'm pretty sure you probably have a, 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 a episode on Clubhouse. It's one of the new phenomenons. Uh, that's going on right now um and yeah that's how that's how you can find me and and most of all just like if you want to follow our organization um always feel free to check up for any updates on um www.kingdomkeepersoutreach.org um and and yeah i'm um i'm excited really thankful for having me and um i also want to you know i'm probably here to accept my you know, first Jeremy Grant award recipient as well. I'm here 
in person <laughs> to yeah. receive that as well. We we got a uh, so it's funny because my wife asked me the other uh, the, yesterday drama. What's the Jeremy Grant? And I'm like, dang, me and Devin got to do a much better job for some of the people that aren't sports fans to really break down where it comes from. And, you know, for some of the people that's listening, it, it you know, came out of a, a podcast that we had with, with Devin, maybe like, what, 15 podcasts ago or something like that? Yeah, I think it was like episode six or seven. Like seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we'll have to, like, do a breakdown episode, you know, but uh, on the Jeremy Grant Awards because it's, it's important, man, it, you know. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're choosing you, um, Michael. We're choosing you and your organization, um, you know, to make it, to continue processing and do the work that's necessary, you know, to make it out here. You know what I mean? And and, and as an entrepreneur, as your your passion and your mission as well, um, you know, just like Jeremy Grant did. So uh, stay tuned. We'll have a Jeremy Grant. Who is he? Why does he mean anything? Uh, podcast coming up. Yeah, and, and definitely, man, like, it's, it's so exciting to listen to to your story and see somebody who's just like, you know what, I, I, I can just move forward and take these steps um, and just start the process and reach out to my network and get that information. And, you know, then when the podcast shows up, you listen to the podcast to get that information because you're always being open to new sources and, and extending this, you know, this ability that you have to, to turn take nothing, right? Kingdom Keepers wasn't a thing, and you turned it into something, which is kind of like, you know, what what the whole show is about. Like the goals that Vernon and I have is, mm-hmm. you know, make a business that doesn't exist or a nonprofit that doesn't exist or a skill set that doesn't exist and will it into existence with, you know, hard work and some effort. So it's pretty amazing, man. It's a great story. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing. I just wanted to, you know, just let the listeners know before we leave, you know, sign off is that the, re- the process can be rewarding, at, you know, at the end. You know, um, I didn't, you know, just want to give the listeners just a, what you, what you could call it, encouragement. You know, three years ago when I started, I never, you know, seen myself being able to have an organization and you know just have it affirmed by you know the phillies charity incorporated you know this year um you know they just awarded us as one of the community heroes um there was like a because of COVID, there was like a smaller virtual ceremony that they did last thursday and they awarded our organization fifteen thousand dollars that we'll be able to use to expand our efforts in um 2021 um it, it was a rewarding feeling on, um, I believe it was Sunday. My wife and I were out in the grocery store and people just seen, you know, seeing that we had an abundance of food, you know, more than a normal household. And they were like, you know, we're coming to your house. I'm like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't come to, you can't come to my house. This is for our, our give back event on, you know, on Christmas day. And they, you know, they listened to us and, they had they looked like they were about to go away on their shopping, Dev, and came back with twenty dollars that they wanted to donate to the project, you know? Mm. Uh people that I don't even know, you know, have been donating to this project. So I just wanna let them know that the process it has is is you know, it's ups and downs, but it's very much more rewarding than it is um anything else. Mm. Well said, man. Perfect way to close out there, you know. Well, Devin, my brother, again, another great episode. Um, and to the audience out there, man, check us out on Twitter, 
at process underscore is check us out again on instagram the process underscore is and on the website at the process is black and and facebook we're finally up and running uh check us out on facebook at uh the process is black and white we should pop right up join the join the group get involved join the conversation um a, a lot of good feed this week so um see you guys next tuesday man all right, talk to you soon. Yeah.